don't have to like everything we say. You don't have to listen to us. back everybody this is gray man hiding in plain sight i am your host and tonight we're going to talk about a couple little things from one of the many mics on facebook who sent us a question we're going to talk a little bit following up to my stress and anxiety where i kind of hinted at ptsd discussion a little bit talking about mentorship actually i'm going to give some advice on mentorship which isn't really his question but secretly i think it is and we're going to talk about things about me that are going to help you understand mentorship and how to find it based on the questions he asks and wants to know about me as a fan of the show. And we'll see where that goes. And hopefully, hopefully this is all working out as I'm getting this mobile thing figured out. So, Grayman Mentorship, or something along those lines, that's what we're going to talk about right here in Grayman, hiding in plain sight. So as we begin, let's cover a couple things. First, some disclaimers. This mobile thing's been, uh, well, it's been fun to figure out, I guess I could say. Obviously, the last one I did on my phone, as I mentioned, which I hate doing, but this has been somewhat challenging as I get all the pieces in place I need to do it. So it's inevitable at some point you're going to hear some background noise. I think I got rid of most of it. I'm actually, because of where I'm, where I'm at right now with my trailer doing this, I'm kind of surprised there isn't more noise. Like, I... Recorded some stuff, exact settings I'm doing now, exported it all, cranked it up to listen to background noise, hardly heard any. So I'm hoping it actually translates that well when these come out because I'm trying to do these in batches, which isn't uncommon in the podcasting world. I mean, typically when I was doing these really regularly, it was I would just sit down and do them. I'd have a plan, research, whatever, but I would sit down, I'd record, edit, do all that, and publish it. It would be published probably within a day. I didn't have a lot to do because I do it all myself and made it a lot quicker. Some people, when they got big shows, they can you know get a bunch of people in and record all day long and then just deal with all that. So that's to say that some of these that you're going to be hearing, foreseeably for the rest of this year anyway, will have been recorded sometimes even weeks earlier. So I'm doing, like today I'm recording four or five, I think, and then I'll go because I have internet intermittently. So like right now I don't have it at all. So I have to go into the town where I'm at and get internet, have all this stuff ready, upload and schedule them. So I'll be recording today something you might not hear from a week from the time this is published, week or two. So that's also to say that you can keep sending me questions and stuff, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be totally up to speed on current events. There's going to be things I talk about, like in the last one, I later I went and had time to look at the news I'd mentioned about the TikTok thing and it was supposed to go before Congress and by the time I recorded that it actually had. So there will be things like that. But there are things when I'm around internet long enough, if I've got extra time when I'm in a town, I 
I do spend a little time not really researching, but just seeing what's going on. You know, like an example is I was in a town and hearing people talk way too much about Bud Light, like garbage beer. It's real popular and Iser Bush, but it's just garbage beer. But too many people were talking about it and I didn't know what was going on. So I called David and I'm like, what the fuck's going on with this? You know, and he tells me about the transgender thing. We're just laughing like this is stupid. This is not the kind of thing people should pay attention to. Vote with your wallet. Don't buy it. You know, if you're not going to buy it because of that, that's fine. But don't go buy a Michelob Ultra either to replace it because they're owned by Anheuser. You know, go drink something else. Don't turn it into like some. The people that turned it into a big thing were being real petty and stupid, kind of like the people they complain about that created these ideas. You know, and it's a company that doesn't know their customer base. And then they're going to try to get them back by making a camouflage can. So it's not things I normally talk about on here, but I'm saying some things like that I'll hear about because it's in the public view to the point they want to talk about it, which usually is the stupider it is, the more likely it is I'm actually here word of mouth when I'm in a store than having to go find it. So there will be things like that, but I will always go back and try to answer them. So we got that out of the way. I'm starting off with this one because it's simple and easy for me to do off the top of my head. And uh, I had this question three months ago and I've been thinking three, four months ago almost four months ago exactly. I've been sitting on it for a while. This is from one of the mini mics on Facebook who sent me this. Hopefully you're still a fan of the show, still listening so that you can get the answer to this question. Because I don't have internet, so I'm reading it from a screenshot. Doesn't mean I remember to go back and say, hey, here's where it is. But he said, I have a question for this podcast. It's kind of strange as a listener of all your shows. It seems we get to know you. And it also seems you've got your shit together, mentally and emotionally and direction in your life. So my question to you is, What part of your life do you strive to be better at? I'm referring to mentally, emotionally, and well-being. Kudos to you to stop smoking. And also, what do you feel you knew more about to enhance your life? A big general question, example, interest, hobbies. I understand the questions are a bit out of the norm, but for someone I look up to, it would be interesting to know. So I'm surprised I got all the way through that because I... This is not a shot at you, but... I was laughing so hard when you made the statement about you got your shit together mentally, emotionally, and direction in your life. I had plans to be kind of funny on this, but I don't think it's going to play out that way. It's, uh, when I was in the military, they used to have this saying, and I don't even remember what it is anymore, but it was basically about the last unit you're in was better. It's kind of like the same idea of the grass is greener on the other side or everything's relative, which for somebody who doesn't understand that, I've used examples in the past about deception with people that are in relationships or dating. And the example I used about the way somebody, two people seeing a subject don't see it the same. And so because they believe it to be a certain way, they may not show signs of deception because of them. That's true. The example I used was one person in the relationship sees dancing that if the other person danced with somebody else at a bar, that would be cheating. Whereas the other person says, if, you give another person oral sex or receive it, then you're not cheating. There's people that believe both those and they could be in a relationship together. Meaning the definition of cheating is relative. It depends on the person. I could be real honest and lay out my whole life, successes and failures, even things going on right now, to the point where a person could say, I don't even think he's beating up on us. I think he's being totally honest with us. You know, I could show you proof and everything. And no matter how I really feel about it at the end, there's going to be people that see that as having my shit together because for them, Either their life is so much worse or they feel like it is. You know, we are harder on ourselves 
than other people are. Most people don't think about us as much as we think about them thinking about us. Typically, that doesn't happen. You know, people are generally cowardly now. They have big mouths on the internet. But in person, you know, they don't say much of anything. They're afraid. Like, I work really hard. Like the last, so for the last, like, five, six weeks, I've been all over from dispersed, known camping grounds to the backgrounds, backwoods of Idaho. And ran into several people, especially on Memorial Day and the weekend after. And when I was near, close to Boise, there was a lot of college-age people coming out to enjoy the water as the sun got better. And I recognized the gap of generational differences to where there's things, I think people are dumb, but it's not dumb, it's lack of life experience and other things where I'm like, yeah, you're dumb as shit. But I go out of my way to, you know, be quiet, be nice, say hi to people when I need to, not be creepy. I've helped people, you know, I've helped people start fires, little things like that, help them tie stuff down, bring them a show full of coals, they get a fire going, talk to them a little bit, whatever. Give them directions how to make fire starters or stuff that I do. Give them wood. But no matter what you do, no matter how well you might even be trained to make yourself something else, there's always going to be people that don't see you that way. And it's because of them. It's not always because of you. So in these situations, it was people that were somewhat timid or intimidated about camping and their camping experience the people they shied away from that stood out to them were people that even though they didn't know what to do, you could look and be like, that dude knows what he's doing. Like we had on Memorial Day, some rainstorms in the mountains where I was at. I was near the sawtooths, but not in them. And all these people out there, tents, RVs, whatever. I was the only guy that could keep a fire going when it really didn't even take any effort, but nobody else knew some basic things. And some people wanted help. Others were clearly intimidated by the fact knowledge scared them. Things that are different scared them. So it's a long, long stretched out way to say things are relative. I'm not saying I don't have my shit together, but I have struggles. I've looking back, I would say when I did the stress and anxiety podcast, I was really down, not downplaying it, but I was going light on how much of it really gets to me. And I guess whatever's going on with you and maybe nothing's going on with you. Maybe everything's fine with you. You just see me as like super squared away. You know, it's a military term being squared away, basically having your shit together. Maybe that's just how you see me and everything's fine with you. It's just, I look like I'm on a different level. It might be that, but it's more about why, like what areas, cause you gotta remember your exposure to me is whatever ways you're obtaining information from me, which might only be this podcast. Perhaps you've been a YouTube fan when I was doing YouTube years ago and when I occasionally meet up with David and do one like once or twice a year, you know, maybe that, or maybe you went back and watched some of those, not realizing that they're years old, people change and evolve, you know, you haven't sat in a room with me. You don't know what it's like being me. You don't know how different I might act in certain different situations, how comfortable I'll be around you. There's things you don't see. You only know what you see. And it's a small fraction of reality of the total person, no matter who you're looking at. So be wary of drawing conclusions on who a person is or isn't or what is or isn't good or whatever about them based on that small piece of the pie. If that small piece of the pie is your only interest, 
right? And the only things in there are what matter to you. That's okay. But to give an all-encompassing idea on somebody based on your small piece, I would be careful with that. That's, that's not a good idea. Some of the things, though, let's see you put in here. What parts of your life do you strive to be better at? Referring to mentally, emotionally, and uh, kudos to stop smoking. Yeah, so it's been February, March, April, May, June. So I'm right in the neighborhood of five months. I Cravings went on longer than I thought, but not as long as I read about. And I don't. it's been so long now. It's been, I've been longer without cravings than I was with, but it's, it was pretty close to halfway to this point. I still running these coughing occasions. In fact, it really bothered me a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, why am I coughing so much? It shouldn't be done. And I realized it's because that week the wind was changing a lot and it was colder and I had a lot of fires and I was sitting by the fire reading and doing stuff. And I'd be in the middle of doing something. I'd get an extra five, 10 seconds of smoke that I'm breathing in, in front of the fire multiple times a day, by the way. And so it was, it wasn't tobacco, but it was still smoke and it was bad for me. And so I was hacking, hacking up later. So I've been a little more careful about that. I haven't really had those issues. And uh, when I, it goes away and say I don't have a fire, like I haven't had a fire in several days now. Where I'm at, I'm not going to have one because of the weather. It's warm. I don't need one. Two, it, it's, it's not dangerous to have a fire where I'm at right now, but it's so warm, it wouldn't be enjoyable. And I still, I think last night or the night before, was coughing a little bit from... Even if it was the last fire I had, that would have been four days ago. So that happens sometimes. So, and you didn't put physically in there, but I'll go through the three main ones. So physically, I spent a long time, I was injured bad enough. And then after I left the military, got out and working for the government for a while, I got in this really bad car wreck. Bad enough that I got some money out of it, but like it set me back to physically the time frame of when I was looking at going through the medical process to leave the military. So it like undid years of work and physical therapy. I was on my couch for like a year, almost a year. Uh, didn't work. It, it was, it was terrible. I had to re go through physical therapy, relearn all the stuff I'd learned that I'd spent years learning before. Like I used to lift a lot of weights. I still do, but it's super light. There's only specific movements I can do. I do higher reps, and only on some of them can I do multiple sets. So doing sets of like uh, 25 reps is not uncommon for most of the things I do. And there's certain things where I can do five, six sets and get a really good feel and development out of it, where in other ones, whether I do five or 25, that's all I'm doing. And there's some things I can't do anymore. And then some I had to learn how to replicate. You know, like standing up, replicating all the movements and muscle control of doing a bench press, but I'm standing up holding nothing and doing that to learn the stretch and the feel and all this. I spent all this time starting at that point, moving on. That was all wiped out. And so now I just, I'm a lot more active and do a lot more, some people call it man stuff when I'm camping. I'm calling wood, chopping wood, cutting it, processing it. I've cleared brush, a lot of hiking whether it's simple roads or climbing up hills, you know, gathering my own water just to do it. Um, like one of the places I like to camp, I'd go down to the river and get a bucket full of water. And then whether it was needed to heat it up or maybe I wanted it cold, I just use that for what's called a bucket shower just because of 
if I really wanted it warm, it was I saved water and it was a lot more enjoyable having hot water in a bucket than trying to use my sprayer for my shower. And then if it was cool enough out, I wanted constant water, heavy water, so I would just use my pitcher thing I use and just pour a lot of water all over me to cool off. It was real nice. And that's a little bit of work doing that, you know. There's other things like that I do and helping people out. And then I carry some weights and things with me and I try to do physical therapy stuff and stretching. I don't get through near enough in a day. Stretching I usually remember. And then when I get to a place like I am now where it's I'm in a very casual, chill place. It's like the cheapest RV and one of the nicest RV places to be at in the country probably. I have to spend more time thinking about working out because I'm not doing a lot of like hauling wood. So I'm like, oh, I got to get the weights. I got to do that. And I have to force myself to stretch. So it's, and it, this is so chill and it's warm running air conditioning. My dog's like, yeah, I don't want to do nothing. So when I get out in the country, she just runs free and has a good time. And she's old enough now. She doesn't go far. And then we go do stuff and walk around places six, seven times a day, constantly moving to the point where I'm like, I need to be doing something. I feel like I need to be doing something. And then when I come to a place like this, I'm like, yeah, I got to clean some gear and stuff, but I have reorganized a bunch already. I'm cleaning things and I'm doing a lot of chill time, a lot of relaxing time. Today we walked down to the river, went out there, got our feet wet for a while, walked around, came back. We did a couple laps around the camp. I mean, a lot of chill stuff. Listening to podcasts, getting caught up. So many podcasts I'll probably never get caught up on. Like, it's kind of funny when... I used to listen to David's podcast and think like, man, if I miss one or two, I almost don't want to go back and listen to it because I don't know if I was so up to speed on what was going on. I was like, I don't know. He'll say something, but his opinion might change because it's an ongoing thing or am I going to want to go talk about it when I don't need to? It was like all these weird thoughts that didn't even matter. And then now it's like, yeah, I don't know what's going on all the time because I rarely have internet. So I'm like, I should go listen to his shows. And then today I was like, I've missed so many <laughs> for so many weeks. And then I know he deletes them. He only keeps like six, seven of his time. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to do all this. For the emotional is probably one of my bigger struggles, especially when it comes to my family in certain areas. I'm not, it's not something I'm comfortable getting into. Probably because I haven't totally dealt with all of it. And some of it's going to be there forever. I think what's really nice is people talking about, I've seen a lot of people I mean, I've seen comedians do it, talking about getting out in nature, go hiking, go camping, and how it makes you feel and recharge. And that works for a lot of people. Some people, they want to do other things. But that's my life now. Like, I'm a professional camper. I'm not homeless, you know, or unhoused, which is stupid. I hate those made-up words that mean nothing. Like, we've decided this word that accurately describes saying is now offensive, so we're going to make another stupid word and make it dumber. Like, yeah. So I'm not unhoused or unhomeless. I have a house that's on wheels. But I, I get to do that and be, I enjoy it. It was one of the greatest parts of my childhood where I'd spend summers in the mountains of Washington with my grandfather. And I get to replicate that, go fishing, catch nothing, but have a good time. I'm out there with the dog. She loves it. And I get to do it a lot. And I don't like it when I'm not doing it. And if anything gets boring or, or gets stale or gets to be a little different, I just change how I'm doing it. So, for example, and it worked out I needed to. I spent like two months where I spent a great portion of the time in the middle of nowhere and then parts of the time I'd be around people and kind of what they call dispersed areas. And then I'd move into like last week I was in a, a campground that was a established campground. It was 
didn't have much, but it was what we call an established campground is it's maintained by a forestry service, one of them. And then this week I'm actually in an RV place that has everything. Like I'm plugged into power, getting to charge and clean everything. I have all the water I want, so I'm getting to clean a lot. And, uh, you know, showers and the river and flush toilets, dump all the garbage I want. Super cheap to be here. think I got this podcast thing going well, figuring it out, so we'll see how that plays out. And then I just change the environments like that, and then I've got plans where I'm going from here. But this whole thing of being outside, what was hard about in the beginning was being unplugged. Now, I don't mean like the way most people mean unplugged. I have no problem not going on the internet. Social media, I don't care much for. I share things people would like or I think would funny. And I, like, I just can't keep up with it. Even when I wasn't traveling, I couldn't keep up with it. Like that locals page, I got to take off the notes. I'm just not, I can't keep up with it. It takes more effort and time and access to the internet I have. And it, it became no longer enjoyable, no longer a teaching space. Nobody really interacts. That's not their fault. But I get interaction here on the podcast. Continuing to do that just wasn't making any sense. It wasn't making me happy. I realized some people wouldn't like it. But I decided I wasn't going to talk about it because every time I try to talk about things, either they don't happen or I'm like, okay, a couple of guys want me to keep doing it. So I keep doing it. I was like, no, it's not, it's really getting to me. So I need to just cut it out. Like I, I rarely interact on social media anymore. And like, while well, Twitter would, would or could be a great place for research, it kind of went downhill in one way. I had to pause there and go find my iced tea. I left it outside in the sun, my throat almost burning. I, uh, talk to my dog a lot I always have since she was a puppy it's just that's our relationship but it's like one or two sentences or a couple of phrases several times a day usually but other than that I mean I've at this point in this recording I've talked a lot more than boy I don't know that I've shared this many words in a couple of weeks with somebody which I'm fine with that just kind of hit me it's gonna affect how quickly I can pump these out I need to get that figured out anyway when they up their character count people even ones I kind of looked at for one possible source of information the way they started posting and writing they're putting a lot less fact and a lot more fluff and opinion and their version of truth and into it and started becoming Facebook I know it's probably not all like that it was just enough of it I was getting tired of it so I'm used to knowing knowing a lot like that was hard when I left work the things you know, you still have certain skills, but then I would teach people or I was training people down in Fort Chuka or doing my own training with people and then keeping up with it. You know, like I, I had a hard time when I first got out of the military before I went back to work. A lot of it I've talked about before, but some of it was also the knowing wasn't helpful. So unplugging for me was the not knowing. And there was times I would like grab my phone and go to Twitter and be like, oh yeah, I don't have internet. And then I remember going into places and having internet and like, okay, I'm going to go to Home Depot for two or three hours and I'm going to do some phone updates and download, you know, a couple movies or a TV show or something to watch if I decide I want to do that. But then I would go get on like trying to read about stuff and I would be getting frustrated because as much as you see things change every day, when you take a couple of weeks off, you're like, eh, a lot doesn't really change. Just different ways to tell the same bullshit stories. 
you know, or, oh, this happened in Ukraine, like, like I said, or, you know, or, oh, this didn't happen, like, that was expected. You know, you'd hear about things like disasters or another shooting or something, but those are always coming up. So you kind of gain this appreciation for how much it's okay not to, not to have that. So that, that was kind of hard for a while. And then it was just easy after that to the point where the last time I visited family, like I hardly did any research unless I needed to. I was like, yeah, I don't care. I had so many conversations with David and he'd be like, Oh, have you heard of this or this? I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not looking at shit, man. And it's cause I just didn't want to anymore. Like, I got want to, but I'm like, eh. yeah, that's, that's taking too much of my time. So that's the upside to doing something like that. If you're into it and you want to go camping, don't be the Memorial Day one day camper and go out like plan it, try it. Even if it's in your backyard, don't use your internet nothing. go go somewhere where you have no access to things like, you know, you can drive out safely and all that. Just don't have signal and then go on Friday. And if you can leave late Sunday night, if you only got the weekend, like work it, be out there, do stuff, get in the water, get in the sun, hike around. And then, uh, let's see, we got mentally. I guess part of what I was just saying was more mental than emotional. But let's see, mentally. I had a lot of plans to study certain things, research things, reread some books. And I have done almost zero. And there's a couple of times I put a few hours into it. But we're talking like in a year and a half. <laughs> I changed I've changed out books. I've tried so much. I was going to do more journaling and it's kind of funny. So I wasn't journaling in the way I wanted to, but I'm journaling a little differently. I got this, I don't know what it's called, but it's a, it's a pad of paper, like five by seven in landscape position. And it has like the date starting end times, which I don't really use. It might be one other column and then remarks or something. But what I, what I was doing on there was my mom loved camping and traveling. And she had always wanted to travel and do more stuff. She's actually going to go on her first cruise this year with one of my cousins. And she wants to do, there's other things she wants to do, something she'll probably never do. But boy, did she love camping. And she, she's older now. She's aware of her physical limitations. She's not going to go you know, put on shorts and walk out waist deep in a river with slippery rocks. And, you know, she's not going to be doing that stuff, but she wanted to go camping, which I'm going to take her this year. But what I do is let her live vicariously through me. So on this pad of paper every day, I write down the date and then like what I'm doing, where I'm going. And I make some notes, which eventually I'm putting it into this online journal, but it's like one or two sentences is nothing significant. Some days I write four or five sentences if something is notable, but it's not the kind of journaling typically. But the only reason I even wrote that stuff down was I'm tracking my movements because I got a map for her. And then based on every cycle of trips and where I'm going, I use a different color pen and I put them in there. And then I've also put in some places like where I've trained or visited when I was in the military. And then I have this so that she can have it and be like, all right, so he was here in Oklahoma or here in Montana, here in California, whatever. And then on these dates, he was in that town and here's what he was doing. And it's helpful for her, too, because she'll remember these conversations and stuff. And she's having some memory issues with her age. Nothing significant, normal age-related stuff, but it's very helpful for her. And that's why I do it. And then I take a lot of photos, which is actually getting into the next part of your question about some things I'm working on. Hobbies. 
I talked about it when I did the stress and anxiety one, one of my biggest ones with photography. And I've been doing more and more of that and getting a little bit better photos and people seem to like my photos and more than one person, including David, has been like, you need to make postcards, you need to make a book. People want to help me do that. The thing is, I, there's only a couple of photos I think are that good. I'm not really hard on myself, I'm just being honest. I spent a lot of time learning about photography. I'm by no means a pro. I'm not even sure an amateur would be fair. And when I wanted to start taking it more seriously, I needed to stick with the basics, which was working on the basic fundamentals of photography, like composition and all that stuff, and then getting to know the equipment I have and working with it. And one of the things I need to do is I'm going to use one of these programs where I'm going to um, send them a bunch of files, high quality, highest quality I have, which isn't that much, have them very cheaply. They'll print out pictures so I can look at regular picture size to see what they look like. And then I'm also going to get this on a bigger screen computer with good resolution and get a look at my photos to see how many in there actually I think would be worth possibly doing something with. I don't know that I'm going to, but it's something I wanted to work at because there's things I could do a lot better with better equipment. But I spent so much fucking money uh, the first, like, nine, ten months I did this. So, like, a lot of these photos I'm taking with my iPhone. So they look really great on an iPhone, maybe even an iPad sometimes. But when you start getting on bigger stuff, you know, it becomes questionable. And I'm not using super great software. I'm using Snapseed, which is pretty simple to use. I like a lot of what it can do. And I have a pretty good eye on stuff. And working on looking at the pictures and trying to make them better every time and getting better fundamentals in, I get a little better photos. But that's, of all the hobbies and things I wanted to try and continue to work on, that's the only one. And it's the only one I think about doing more of. And I've got, not counting my phone, two other cameras that I've only used one of. The other one is a real nice camera with a special lens specifically for doing video podcasting stuff when I was doing YouTube, which I haven't even done. So I have to decide, you know, the lens are good for certain type of photos. Do I want to start messing with that? But I haven't decided yet. I've been sticking with the phone thing. And then to add into it, I use an app called iOverlander. There's several apps you can use. This is the one I've liked the most for traveling and finding campsites. And you can find dump stations, where to get water, where to get showers, places to park. There's always old entries or some bullshit ones. I like this one. And the biggest reason I like this one is this doesn't require signal. All the other ones, you need internet, you need data. On this one, you can do the basic stuff only on GPS if you don't have any signal. So I can open up when I have no signal. I'll show up where I am on a map, and I can start moving the map around and find pre-marked places, and I can open them up and see the basic description. Because I'm not connected to the Internet, I can't see everybody's review on them, but I can see the original posters thing. And if there's photos, I can't see it unless I'm on the Internet. But I can see the info on it. I can see where it is, and I can see the little blue dot of me moving if I'm trying to find it. You know, if I don't know where I'm at and I found it very helpful and I've gone through there and done reviews. And if there's only like one original post review and it's really old, they have you update it. But then again, with these photos, I've been trying to take better photos and it's been a better way to practice to take photos of things I would want to know about or see on these campsites or these places to park or these, you know, rest stops, wherever, and put them up there for people to use and give them directions and all the stuff on what to do there. And, anything that I think would be better or I've seen from other people. So I, I find ways to work on the photography. I don't know if I'll ever do anything with it. I just, it's the one thing that I enjoy. I don't care if other people don't like it. I don't take it badly when they critique it and I know they know what they're doing. Like I have a cousin who's a professional photographer. I send her my shit all the time. 
and she tells me what she thinks and I'm totally cool with it. And I don't care if I ever do anything with it because just doing it makes me happy. It's the only thing like that I've had in a long time. The only other thing that made me happy is difficult for me to do anymore, which has to do with music. And so I really don't, I really don't do that. Now I'm saying all this because I wanted to get into the idea of mentorship because I'm not saying you're asking about it necessarily or taking me on as one, but I wanted to point out based on all that stuff and what I said in the beginning about finding mentors. You can look up mentorship and, and you should, not just the dictionary definition. You should look up David's website, DMR Publications. I'm sure he's got something on mentorship or will eventually. You can find lots of articles and things on there about what mentorship is. Even in the military, we had a leadership manual. They talk about four types of mentorship. And the one I really paid attention to was about, uh, I can't remember how they just called it, what they called it, but it was experience over authority. And the idea was, in the military, at least in the Army, officers at every level are placed with a non-commissioned officer. The thing is, they outrank that non-commissioned officer. They're their boss, but that non-commissioned officer is going to be older in almost every situation and been in the military significantly longer than that officer. So when you get a brand new lieutenant who's been in the Army like less than a year, and they get placed with a sergeant first class in a platoon, like that's significant because that E7 could have been in the Army 14, 15 years. That's significant mentorship. You know, when they become a captain at like four or five years, it used to be five years minimum, and now, now they can do it three or four, become a commander, it's even more important that they're placed with that first sergeant who's been in the Army 12, 15 years, or even 20. You know, and then farther up from that, even a general who's been in the Army, you know, they make general and they've been in the Army 30 years, 35 years, they might be with a sergeant major who's been in longer. And even then, the NCOs have more experience in certain areas, and they're able to bring that to the table to mentor that officer while working for them at the same time is one of the many ways, there's many ways to mentor. What I would say is, it's great to praise people for their accomplishments. I have no issue with anything you said to me. Some people would really run with that or would feed their ego. That's not your responsibility. But things to consider are, when you look up to somebody that's kind of like somebody that's a mentor, you're looking up to them for that subject, that area, that thing that you notice about them. So perhaps what I'm saying is you're looking at me as a mentor for having your shit together. And maybe compared to you, I do. That doesn't mean I see it that way for myself, which isn't a bad thing because as long as I don't beat myself up about it and I'm striving to improve, which I am striving to improve many things, then, you know, that's good. And that's another way I can help this person that I'm, I'm mentoring. But the other thing is I don't need to know. Like, I have mentors. I have several of them. Not a single one of them know that they're my mentor. Not a single one of them listen to my podcast. But they are mentors of mine in certain areas. People I look up to for certain things. Um, one of them is a, one of my closest friends. And it's for something I don't have I always wanted that I pay attention to in case it, I ever have it to try to be as ready as possible. Some of them are just for fun. Some of them are mentor things for stuff I'll never do again, like things in the military. People I watch and how they act, I'm like, oh, yeah, man, that's what I would do, or I wish I could do that, you know, and still learning from it, or like, oh, no, no, don't do that. You know, you can surround yourself with people, mentors or not, that you want to be like, 
and you should surround yourself with them at the times they're doing the things you want to do. So for example is, let's say you want to eat healthier, you have a hard time doing it, you don't completely understand, but you do have a friend that eats healthier. Well, you can hang out with that friend more and try to talk about eating healthier while you're playing video games together or you know shopping for new clothes or whatever you're doing. Or you could just have lunch with them and go to a restaurant and see what they order. You know, and maybe you don't want to eat the Brussels sprout kale, you know, raspberry vinaigrette bagel sandwich they're eating, but you're like, that sounds healthy. So maybe instead of onion rings, <laughs> you know, instead of onion rings, I think what I'll do is I'll go ahead and have, you know, this salad with some chicken and sauce in it that I know has some calories, but at least it's better than what I was going to eat. You know, maybe you make small changes like that. They don't have to be drastic. You know, if you if you want to learn more about business, you need to have friends or people that are doing business that you can learn from, and it's best to learn from them when they're doing it and not when they're not doing it because everybody needs breaks from things. Even that person who's healthy, if it's a fitness thing or whatever, you know, you don't want to interfere with it while they're doing it, but at the same time you want to achieve some knowledge and input from them when it's happening, whether you're doing it or they're doing it without pestering them. But remembering that they need a break, so even if this is their whole life, that doesn't mean they still want to talk about it when they go home. And that might put them off. So it's it's not that it's a fine line. It's just you have to, you know, just be respectful, think about it a little bit like it's you, and use some common sense, and it should all work out. And you can have as many as you want. And uh, there's always people that have skills and knowledge and things that can be beneficial to you that the rest of their life could be a train wreck. You know, you could see them and just be like, this motherfucker... His shit's all fucked up. His life's a dumpster fire. However, comma, that dude knows about this. And that's something I want to know about. You know, and it can work out that way. The other thing, too, is I would caution you on people that offer mentorship unless you're in a place where you're seeking a mentor and it's designed for that. People want to offer mentorship, teaching, and things. That's, that's okay. But there's people out there, I've seen people on the internet that offer it. Or just, it's like... I've personally never seen this happen, but I know it does happen because so many people talk about it, how somebody who's a CrossFitter always has to tell you they do CrossFit or somebody's a vegan always tell you have to do vegan. And then there's actually so many things that fall into that category. But I'd be cautious of that. You know, just like they say a chick who says she doesn't like drama and says it like 10 times. Yeah, she's probably the drama queen. I would be cautious of people that are just like providing unnecessary credentials or offers to do things that were never offered. Like I'll mentor you in that. It's like, what are your qualifications as a mentor? (laughs) Why are they doing it? That's why it's, it's a lot easier and safer to have nobody know, but you can still do that. So it's an important thing to look at. And some of you might be wondering if you're still here. Some people have never even listened to this one, but you know what, what's this have to do with the gray man concept? Not really anything. It was about me and it was a follow-up to the stress and anxiety one that things in there do have to do with the gray man concept and understanding stress, you know, because situational awareness, a big part of that is stress, understanding stress and the effect it has on your body, knowing what stress will do to you. This is why like the second podcast I did, if you think of the first one as an intro, then it's really the first podcast I did. It was called situational awareness, how to predict the future. And I should do another one with the same title. In there, I talked about things, for those of you who remember about your body, like how long can you go outside and work doing this thing before you start to sweat, and where do you sweat, and how long does it last? 
or doing things until your mouth arrives. Little things that I bet you never even tried. That has to do with stress and the effect of environment on your body, right? Because you could do the same thing with emotions, but it's hard to do because they're emotions and they're usually out of control, no matter how much we try to control them. No matter how much we learn to control them, they're still in control at times. That's why I didn't talk about those. But stress is important to understand because then you take those further situations where I talked about, say you're in a restaurant and you're listening to people and you're being situation aware and you're doing this and you're doing that and say it's some, you're, there's people that have written me stuff in foreign countries where there's violence ensuing where they need these skills. Like I, I didn't even foresee that. And there's people like in Central America, the Middle East and Eastern Europe that were like, hey, I need some help with this. And I, because of real world events going on, I don't talk about them on the podcast, but I've messaged them or talked to them personally and been like, let me help you out, dude. Like, I gotcha. But understanding stress, realizing in those situations, if you don't know what stress and anxiety does to your body and aren't ready for it, then you're not going to be in that much control. On top of that, you add adrenaline, which really jacks you up. On top of that, you add lack of training and familiarity and experience. Remember I talked about the gun thing? You know, only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. I'm like, no, that's the stupidest statement ever. A trained guy. Good guys with good intentions get people killed. A trained guy, somebody with experience, somebody with training. Right? You look at some of these guys in active shooter situations where somebody stepped in and did the right thing. Like the guy that made that shot, that was 50 yards, 80 yards, 40 yards. You know, it's not that hard to do for people who have training. And a lot of guys on the internet did it. Some guys made it right away and weren't sure they could. Some guys missed one or two and they were okay with it. Like to do that, the person was mentally prepared and they had some training. And they had put those two together to where they worked well for them in those situations, right? So if you don't have that, the adrenaline kicks in, you don't understand stress and anxiety, you're going to reach what I call the emotional point of failure, right? It's like, you know, this bad thing is going to happen. You know, it's happening right now. What do you, what do you do? Whatever the bad thing is, like some sort of, some guy's going to mug somebody on the street and you're, you're walking by, but you can easily go around. What do most people do? What's the situation? Not my issue. Nothing wrong with that. Not saying it's bad. You throw your kids into that situation and that person in front of you is your mom with your kids and you're coming out of the store. What happens? Oh, all of a sudden they want to beat a dude's ass. They go to the point of protecting the cub, getting vicious, completely natural responses. Some people would consider normal and healthy but they reached the emotional point of failure and were no longer in control. Stress, anxiety, adrenaline, lack of training, lack of awareness, hit them like a ton of bricks and they reached the emotional point of failure, which is something I'll talk more about in the future. But hopefully I have answered your questions. If anybody else has questions like in the future, please let me know, I will answer them. I wanted to start answering questions a little outside the thing. Uh, I actually have a list of ones I'm going to do that are like short, but I thought this deserved an episode as a good follow-up to stress and anxiety. So I hope you enjoyed it. Come back soon because we got more shows coming right here on Gray Man. Hiding in plain sight. Oh, and don't forget, like, share, you know, whatever your podcast thing does. What really helps is the reviews. It helps other people see the reviews, what you think of the shows, and puts a date to the review so they can see how relevant it is. And if you're on Spotify, definitely go in and check and see if I did a question in there that you can ask or answer. That would be helpful because then I can do shows on those too.